uh, that trust has been restored by having a single version of the truth of the data. That means that you can actually make decisions based on one figure that everybody else will be looking at too. One of the major advances is the innovation speed. Welcome to the Ball.com Tech Lab podcast. In this podcast, we share our experience with you. Peeking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Ball.com. Showing you our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. We are looking into the things that we are enthusiastic about that are happening here. As always, we have a bunch of ideas to share in this series. This is how we do IT. I'm hosting the show together with Peter Brouwers. My name is Peter Paul van der Beek. We both performed in several roles in IT here at Ball.com. With that background and all the experience that came with it, we're really looking forward to share insights and learnings with you. Let's talk about this uh, topic of this episode. The adjective data-driven means that progress in activity is compelled by data, rather than by intuition or by personal experience. Googling data-driven gives you over 600 million of results, so time to add an extra result to this with this episode. But we wanted to make it more specific. We moved our big data into the cloud, and we had some nice insights that we want to share. So we asked our two guests of this episode to do so. Time to introduce them to you. Okay, so today we have uh, Anna van den Brink. She's Manager Business Intelligence Platform and Support. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. <laughs> and we have Arthur Hansen. He's uh, uh, a business analyst in finance controlling, but you don't call them business analysts anymore, right? Oh, no, uh, we don't. Oh, that's actually a funny story. We just uh, decided that we have 400 uh, business analysts or so in, in Bold.com. So it's synonymous to uh, employee. So we changed our name to solution providers, which is more apt for the work we do. So and then you're a uh, solution uh, provider for the finance and control part of our business, yeah. right? Uh, correct, and then specifically designed on the IT systems, so okay. the data-driven uh, solutions. Good. So that and that brings us uh, back to the data-driven part of this podcast. Um, yeah, could you um, give some background on your departments and uh, yeah, how we organize? Do we still call it BI, business intelligence? Yes, or? we do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the correct <laughs> term. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. So I can I can explain a little bit about that. Um, so from an organization perspective, we have one centralized BI team, uh, basically uh, existing of two teams. So the, the first team is more responsible for the front end, uh, so to say. So uh, user training, uh, developing the dashboards in Tableau, uh, and all our uh, basically ad hoc questions from all our users uh, to answer those. Uh, and the other team is responsible for uh, the back end. So basically uh, availability of data uh, and uh, making sure it's in the right format to use for reporting, but also uh, to guide the BigQuery users to find their information they need for their analysis. Um, and if you look at it from a tool perspective, we use uh, three tools basically. So you have BigQuery as our data uh, storage. Then we have AdScale, uh, that's a uh, virtual data modeler uh, where we create cubes and those cubes, uh, we use those in Tableau. So I can give a little bit more background later, but this is the highlight. Yeah, let's, let's dive into the tooling later. Yeah. Arthur, your department, you already explained yeah. something about it. Yeah, so, so as I said before, uh, I have a very specific set of uh, data I work with and that's the finance set. 
basically everything that hits a euro cost or uh, income wise uh, hits our service and our service automatically processes those uh, streams. We currently process about 10 million transactions a day, uh, which is a quite hefty load and we have to always include without making a mistake. Uh, and especially the last part on the data quality side is a challenge. Uh, also for uh, Anna in BI, we have a very differentiated landscape with um, a lot of IT teams. They all build their own microservices and this really speeds up their development. But at the end of the chain for finance, everything comes together. Mm -hmm. Same for BI, at the end of the chain, everything needs to be linked again together, uh, which is quite challenging. Uh, but to make the jump back to the cloud, the cloud actually enables us uh, to have all this data in one place. So you're actually able to link all the data, even as a business user, but also in reporting uh, together, which is very powerful because any question you might have uh, that needs to be answered with the data, you're enabled to do so on the cloud. Hey, and that means you're, you're very enthusiastic about it, and that's, uh, sure. especially about that in one place. I hear, yeah, <laughs> that, that's uh, definitely uh, yeah something that's important to you. I hear from yeah. your tone of voice, because in my mind that means that before that, it wasn't the case, and that you must have struggled to get all the data together. Could oh, you correct. share a little about that? struggling uh, data wrestling that you did to to yeah for sure uh, we have uh, a rich history uh, and the situation before we had everything available on the cloud uh, we had a few different systems that uh, contain data but even more if you look to other companies uh, or companies i worked for before there was no place centralized where the data would be accessible or it would be accessible to everyone um, the previous situation was cool it was nice. We had a big Hadoop cluster that uh, enabled us to work with the big data streams that we have. Um, however, there were some drawbacks here and there. Um, and the cloud is actually a big improvement on that. So it's actually more of a, we're still moving in the same direction, having the data available to everyone uh, in one place uh, with high quality on time and all the other KPIs yeah. that <laughs> management has given us as a challenge. Um, but seeing where we come from, we've already leaped so far. in, in a very short time period. I think the migration time we had to migrate everything was like six months. And then we had to migrate everything for, for a huge company like this. That was a, a, a big ask uh, and we did the best we could. And now we're still finishing up the, the last pieces to actually complete it. And I, I just heard that uh, this week, uh, one of the oldest systems has been turned off that had the last legacy that I think was there since the beginning. Yeah, since 1999. So, yeah, yeah really. there we go. <laughs> so that was the last, but I think we celebrated with with uh, with the whole company and, and everybody was like, yeah, it's the end of an era, actually. Yeah. yeah. The, the last monolith that <laughs> was, uh, or the, the biggest, the oldest monolith that was shut off. Uh, so yeah, that was the sourcing module. Um, yeah. But you, you, you already mentioned Hadoop. Yeah, but back in the Hadoop uh, era, you had, and we still have the services, that owns the data and that sent out the data into Hadoop. And on top of Hadoop, we had a, a BI tool running. Um, next to that, we also had a kind of more traditional data warehouse. Yeah, correct. Inclu in including an, uh, an uh, BI tool on top as well. Um, so what's, what's new in the new situation in the, in the cloud? Uh, Especially that we can stop asking the question, why is the, the figure I'm looking at different in the one system compared to the other system? 
uh, that was a, a, a question that took up a lot of uh, analyst time. And also in reporting, it was always quite difficult because if you want to run your business and you're looking at two different figures and they differ, like which one do I trust? Is it this one or is it this one? Most of the time it seemed both were correct, but they followed a different definition. Or there was a timing lag uh, that the one was still catching up than to the other. But uh, that trust has been restored by having a single version of the truth of the data. That means that you can actually make decisions based on one figure that everybody else will be looking at too. We still have our, our little apps like front-end versus back-end. Uh, in, in finance, you have like the front-end sales, which is what has been ordered today versus what will actually be shipped. I mean, sometimes people cancel some orders, which will never end up in the back-end. So there will be differences, of course. Uh, so those differences will keep on explaining. But uh, I think BI is actually building a report for that to make that possible <laughs> to analyze as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think to add to that, um, one of the major advances is the innovation speed. So if you look at where we came from, where we had one data warehouse with a reporting tool on top of it, uh, that data warehouse was maintained by one IT team. And if we needed to have one or two fields added, it could take up weeks to get it into the data warehouse and into the report. So um, that was one of the main reasons why we wanted to have a self-service tool where we could also do the data preparation ourselves. So that was the case on Hadoop, but still uh, the uh, innovation speed it was not that fast because we, as a BI team, we had the maintenance of that, that data modeling basically in our team. Uh, and currently uh, in the stack, we have all people that, of all users that have a desktop license of Tableau is able to uh, query or basically build a report on their own BigQuery table. So uh, what you basically see is that the, the um, I would say the development line or however you call this, so like the, 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 the whole process yeah. gets shorter and shorter, okay. which basically uh, means that we can speed up the innovation process and make uh, create more reports every week, basically. So I think that's from, from the BI perspective, one of the main advantages of the move to the cloud. Yeah, so also what I hear you say, uh, I think, but let, let's check this, is that, that because uh, uh, part of the work more on the front end is delegated to, and also on the on the edge scale part, I think, is delegated to business team, not the central uh, BI teams. And so, yeah, you, you have a larger pool of people who can work on it. Is that correct? Uh, almost, yeah. So what we have is the, the front end tool. That's... Uh, basically available for everyone who mm -hmm. wants to have a training. So yeah. uh, we have trained, I think, about uh, 400 users in the last uh, last half year, I think. Yeah. Um, but the ad scale tool, we still have maintenance uh, for that within the BI tool. But uh, if you have a desktop user or uh, desktop license, you can choose to skip ad scale. And you can ah, okay. uh, connect that directly on BigQuery. Yeah. And that's mainly used for uh, pilots and uh, ad hoc analysis, which is mm -hmm. really strong because they can first try out what the data actually means and what it what it says, how it should be visual visualized, what's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and if they have a good case where we say, okay, this is really a valuable solution, we can integrate it into AdScale and make sure it get, gets man maintained and it has uh, good performance and all those uh, those steps. But How many users do we have on, on the, this uh, Tableau, the end user uh, report? Too? Yeah, so we have about 700 users a week. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's 
quite nice. So almost half of the company yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah. yeah. What, what you mentioned is basically that that we're uh, gaining innovation speed because uh, there's uh, way more uh, that uh, end users can do themselves before to pilot stuff, so they can really uh, yeah testing themselves before yeah, something more. Uh, yeah, IT is, has been uh, exactly, yeah. going to production and more time has to be spent so they can try out stuff easier uh, themselves uh, without IT, uh, really IT uh, needed. Uh, so they can test uh, more stuff and actually be a more, we can be a more data-driven company yeah. because we can test so easy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the main challenge there is how to make sure that we still have time to to basically make the the innovations more it is mm -hmm. <laughs> because if you have more people doing the uh, how do you say that the, more the proof of concepts yeah the proof yeah. of concepts yeah. then uh, you also have more requests but i think that's that's a good thing so uh, yeah, yeah but you could still because there's data uh, there that either supports these proof concepts or not it's also easier to uh, uh, measure their importance how much they're contributing to our company right for sure However, that always remains a very difficult uh, decision to make, which sure. you prioritize <laughs> over which, because we have a lot of different departments. Uh, they put in their request. Uh, there's a whole process around uh, making that decision possible. And in the end, there will always be someone who's unlucky to not make the cut. Yeah. Uh, even though for them it's the highest priority, it might not be in the best interest of Bolpent.com to prioritize those solutions. Uh, and we see it all the time. And making these difficult choices about priority instead of, uh, you know, saying upfront, this is what we're going to do this year and that's it, actually gives us this agility. Because what we see is that we have a lot of uh, learnings during the year, um, giving the, the problems uh, mm -hmm. that, we, that we face. And sometimes it means that a new solution might actually get the highest priority and will be developed before something that's been waiting for a very long time. Uh, just to give us that flexibility to move where the market goes or where the company needs us to go. So um, from development to go live can be a matter of days. Uh, like full functionality from even with uh, the use of IT teams, uh, it's it's a matter of days instead of months or so you're, years. You really jump into questions from the market or from yeah. somebody in the business too. Yeah, so if it's, if it's important yeah. enough for sure. Uh, and sometimes we do see that uh, because of this innovative character and the speed, uh, we tend to step over the last bit, which can be technical debt, uh, that mm -hmm. you develop something very quickly, but don't make the right choices for a sustainable future so it will last. And that also happens. Um, th that's just the drawback of the, the speed we move at. And... Uh, we have a different program for that as well. So the, the chain of data, reliability, there's a whole team steering towards making sure that the data is on time, uh, it's correct, and it, it is also the same across the different services. Is, is that what you uh, refer to as data quality? Yeah, so data quality is a big part of that. Uh, and they're just, we're, we're roping in uh, from a finance side because finance side is always easier to prioritize because you can put a, a value on it. Uh, so they're experimenting with that right now. A lot of steps have already been made uh, to ensure uh, the qu quality. And the best thing we've learned so far is that the quality is already high and that we're now just adding the insight that it is what it is. Can, we, can, we, can you describe in, an, in a nutshell what we do to check it? To yeah, so they're... they're by giving an example? Or it, 
let's say somebody makes an order. So one of our services registers, this order has been made, these products need to be shipped. So the second uh, service will pick this up. He's hearing like, hey, I need to make a warehouse order that somebody is starting to collect uh, the items that need to be shipped. It will put it ready, it will be shipped. Another service will register, hey, I need to send out an invoice. Uh, another service says, hey, uh, these characteristics belong to these products. And in the end, the, the finance service says, well, we've sent out the invoice, uh, we have made some cost in the warehouse, and we've made some cost uh, to process the whole uh, flow. And then it comes together in, in the end of the service. So to ensure data quality on all these individual services, there's a data quality service being made, and across the chain, uh, a data quality service is made. And the next steps will be, but that might be in the further future will be that we'll check across different chains to make sure that it all aligns so that all chains are in sync. So so if I understand you correctly, the, the, the thing is where, where the, the individual services check whether their data was moved to the, to the let's say, big data platform correctly. That That's one uh, part. Yep. And the other is checking is everything, like for example, you mentioned uh, the order, the shipment, the invoice. Are they all three there at a certain point in time? That's yeah, the other correct. quality exp uh, yeah. aspect. So let's say uh, one of the services has had an, an error. I don't know. The, 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 sometimes it happens because something unexpected happens uh, and we don't have an invoice. Uh, that's weird because uh, we need to invoice everything that we ship. Otherwise, we'll, yeah. we'll lose some money. I mean, customers will be happy, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that would be flagged up by one of those uh, quality checks. And it's processing a lot of data. Um, and we can do it in blocks because we use, uh, in this hour, these records are being produced by a certain service. So we'll look at the other service in the same hour who, and to see if the, the batches match up. And that way we have a very scalable way of showing the insights because if it matches up and it, it, it checks out, we don't need to know because that's business as usual. What we do need to know is when it's actually not going correctly. And we have lists for that. So people will dive on it as soon as something happens, people will be aware and start deep diving what the issue is and then start fixing it. So that's triggering a, a lot of new insights where you can, where yeah. you can act upon. Yeah. Which we're actually using to blow for. So we're actually using the tools we're checking to check the tools we're using. Uh, so that's quite good. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so yeah, we, we t already talked about Edscale uh, and Tableau uh, on top of BigQuery where the data is in. Um, but I also know that there's a lot of usage directly from BigQuery. Yeah, the, so, the, so this, this is actually made quite easy with the move to the cloud. Uh, the language you use to actually access the data is, is uh, SQL, uh, which is very accessible. The language itself is quite uh, simple. Uh, it, takes some, it takes a while to get used to, but with that, you have a very powerful tool to access all the data that's available. Um, you can make joins, you can do, you're flexible enough to do whatever you want as long as you know how to construct the right syntax. Uh, these queries can be shared among different users. Uh, even the results you have, you can share with different users. And uh, sometimes we have a package of a couple of queries already at hand for some of the analysis we do regularly. So we just have to take one out of the cupboard, put it into BigQuery, and see what the result shows us. Yeah, and I heard that uh, before you can really start uh, uh, by doing that, you had you have to do such, something like an exam. Uh, somebody <laughs> yes. in your team came up with that idea. Anna? Yeah, well, actually, I did. Yeah, so ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's not really uh, bold.com alike, I think. But what we wanted to achieve is that um, there is a, a big difference between what we did before and what we do now. Is that actually 
uh, every query cost us money. And uh, before that, it also did, but it, we didn't see it on our on our invoices, basically. So, um, so what we wanted we wanted we wanted to have um, that people know this, and uh, we wanted to give them tips and tricks on how to make uh, good queries, good performing queries, but also on a cost perspective. Uh, so, uh, what I thought is, what's a better way to check if people actually followed the training and understood what we told them? If if we yeah, we just give them a test and they have to pass, they have to get a minimum uh, score and then they get uh, get the access. So um, it sounds a bit bureaucratic, may bureaucratic maybe, but um, it actually works and people are really happy if they have passed the exam. So that's also that's uh, yeah, a nice, yeah. Uh, uh, nice uh, side effect, I think. And I think it really helps us, so, so the, the, our BI team, to show also that we are available for questions and that they can ask us to um, figure out where certain data is coming from. So it also gives us an, uh, how do you say that, a podium? Um, oh, a podium. podium is that? Yeah. <laughs> that works. Or a stage. podium. Yeah, yeah. or sta yeah, stage yeah. Uh, to present ourselves and, and to show that we can help as well. So uh, we are also working on um, creating a BigQuery community. So we um, currently we are acting like some kind of hub, basically. So mm -hmm. all the questions come together at our department and we uh, set them out to the other departments again. But we want to be able or we want to start up that the business an analysis analysts sorry, can find each other. So mm -hmm. without our help. So we want to start uh, more or less a community. But it's in the starting phase now. So just that first meeting, which was actually really interesting. So yeah, and, yeah, and that really helps because uh, the exam is one thing. It's like getting your driver's license, yeah. but you'll only learn to drive by actually making the, the kilometers. It's rough, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Same thing with uh, the accessing the data. Uh, you'll learn the basics at, at your, uh, your course and then your exam, but you really start learning as soon as you uh, actually start doing it. Yeah. And the, the course is quite necessary, I think, because the amount of data we process is a lot. Uh, so if you're not careful, you're just spending a lot of money just accessing data you're not really, yeah. you don't really need. Yeah. So we try to, it doesn't matter if your query is expensive, if you can justify why you need it, then, then it's fine. But don't, you know, query everything just for the sake of it and see how many costs you can run yeah. up. <laughs> now we have examples of mistakes that cost Oopsies. about yeah. $700, which is like really waste of money of course but yeah that happens so yeah we try to uh, give the training and the exam to avoid that but still still human work so mistakes yeah. will be made but yeah. yeah but what you see is because we also track that uh that people make that mistake once yeah and then learn from it and <laughs> not make yeah. the same mistake again yeah. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. the difference i guess between uh back in the hadoop uh, era, you had to, yeah, when you made a mistake, you were uh, influencing the, the, the timelines of others because yeah, you, you were taking the processing time. Exactly. And now when you're making a mistake, yeah, you're consuming uh, the, the money yeah. so that you Yeah, and I think want to, yeah. actually this is easier because uh, at the, um, at when we had Hadoop, um, it was really hard to do the analysis which query was affecting which process. So we knew that in the we had the business queue where all the business queries came in. We knew that something was happening there, which was affecting the other, the, the other, the rest of the system. But it was quite a heavy analysis to find out which query it actually was, and it took us quite some time to figure out uh, how to stop it and who sh who should we um, address the, the issue to. 
And currently, with the, the mistake I, I discussed, um, it was within an hour or something, we could send the user an alert, say, hey, this looks like a mistake. And then, yeah, it was a mistake, but yeah. So we were able to move much faster. Okay, and, and um, last September we moved with, with our uh, platform into the cloud with this new setup with Edscale and Tableau. And after that, we, we transformed everything into Tableau. Um, six months later, are we finished? Or what are the, are the next steps? That's a good question. Finished? Never. Like, um, the, the, the enabling power of Tableau also gave us, besides just migrating what we had, so many more options to actually uh, continue from and, and continue this development. So, finished? No, I, I don't think we'll ever be finished. And no. uh, we'll, we'll keep changing, we'll keep adapting to whatever is necessary to do the work. Yeah, so from a migration perspective, we are done. All the insights that, well, maybe one or two are still left, but those are like the n less important ones. Uh, so, yeah, from a migration perspective, we are done. But, yeah, as Arthur says, we are never done with analysis. And if you have more features, you get more requests. And I think from like our next big step, or if it even is big, um, because we had a really short time frame on the migration, we also did a lot of stuff really fast, and we did it for the first time. So we still have to spend time in basically... Uh, boosting the quality of the system. So not only uh, on the ad scale side, where we have created cubes that maybe overlap, can be combined into one, um, yeah, resulting in less uh, less maintenance, for example, but also on the performance side. So we we are well, struggling as a large one. We have some difficulties for some specific reports that are just not fast enough, and we still have to figure out what's the way to get the performance our end users expecting. But that's also difficult because expectations rise. Uh, As reports get faster. Yeah, yeah. So they want it faster and faster. Exactly. It's basically never fast enough. But still, yeah, we have some work there. So I think it would be improving the quality of what we have now. That's that's our main goal for uh, yeah for the upcoming half year. Yeah, and, and the, the, the cleaning up about the, all the stuff we've done really fast, uh, you got to put it into perspective about the move, the migration, was on two sides. So one we had a simultaneous move from uh, the, the Hadoop cluster to the cloud. And at the same time, we introduced two new tools on top of that. And everything went simultaneously. The IT teams had to move all their data and make sure it was correct. The new tools were integrated. Everybody was still learning on these new techniques and how it worked. And still, it managed to be done. It was a colossal uh, project where so many people were involved that doing this without making any mistakes uh, would have required years and years of planning. And even then, it probably would have gone wrong. So I think it's very, very impressive how this uh, whole migration has turned out. Uh, yeah, I can say, I like, the result is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. true. It was an impressive, uh, impressive operation. And yeah. made an enormous leap there. Uh, but what I was wondering, because, uh, yeah, we're also about talking about uh, data-driven, could we give some examples of... Uh, yeah, some of the things that became possible, some examples, cases that, that we discovered. Yeah, so so what this made possible is that the data can be at a lower granularity level. Mm -hmm. uh, also, we can have the data more enriched from the different sources. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the cool things that's now actually enabled is uh, a service that's being developed that predicts how much margin we would make on a product even <laughs> before we've sold it. This is, this, is, this is groundbreaking. That means that mm -hmm. we can make decisions before we actually 
have the data to back up what what has happened. Uh, and we can put in algorithms to actually keep learning how good this model predicts the margin up front. Mm-hmm. And then check it afterwards to see if we need to alter the model and the model will be agile to whatever happens. This is groundbreaking stuff. We do about 60 million predictions a day that will be checked on their accuracy and their their added value. And we can make choices based on that to see if a, a certain product is actually viable to sell mm-hmm. or whether we're losing money. Before this, because we grouped everything at a higher aggregation level, these would just be in the bunch. And on the group level, it shows fine, we're making a profit. Yeah. However, now being able to filter out those little pieces of individual products that aren't really measuring up actually enables us to to make these choices. Exactly. So before, on average, we're, we were doing fine, we were making profit. Yep. But we basically were losing too much money on individual uh, uh, products. And by looking how to handle that, maybe not offer them or... Yeah, or change negotiate the, with exactly. the suppliers, stuff like that. Yeah, we can uh, raise our profitability or lower our price for our customers, of course. Correct. Depending on yeah. The so, so that enables it. And, and and enabling that decision is what we really do with with all the data on the cloud. However, there's still a person at the end making that decision. So the data decides for us in in a way in everything we've modeled, but all the decisions still fall within uh, the teams to actually make. So somebody still needs to pick up from that data that there is one of yeah, those yeah. products in there. Uh, and that's where the reporting is very important because that's where it gets translated from bits and bytes to insights. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we have a lot of learnings uh, from the past from our previous tools, also our previous uh, reporting tool, where we are now really seeing the benefits from Tableau to actually go from the data and the information to actual insights and maybe in the near future to forecasting and advanced analytics and actually taking it up another level uh, where we will be actually giving people choices and scenarios like what if the market does this? What what would that do to our uh, data and how robust are we to these changes? But that's for, well, next year? Later, yeah. <laughs> year after? <laughs> I, I had one question left. Yeah. Uh, and the question is, so did we indeed become more data-driven? But... but, but, but <laughs> What you just described. Well, the I data proves already. that we that we are. We have more users yeah. querying more, uh, having more reports available that are being used, and uh, decisions are now being based on the data instead of, well, sales were bad while it was raining. Uh, that might explain why the sales were bad. Uh, so we moved a little bit away from our gut feeling to more data-supported gut feeling. Data-supported yeah, exactly. gut feeling. That's yeah. a nice one. <laughs> I would definitely say that you can measure it on the usage of the system. So we have, I think, twice the amount of users now. We have 170,000 user queries a week on Tableau. Uh, so that's quite a lot. And uh, we also have programs that support our shop teams to become more data-driven. So we help them figuring out what the right KPIs are, which KPIs can be influenced by changing what kind of process on the on the web shop. So yeah, I would say we've become more data driven definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So R2 gave some nice examples and the, the data in it yeah, itself it supports also it. uh, yeah. supports the <laughs> yeah what what you described. Yeah. Nice. Yeah so let's go to the closing round. Let's Paul. Yeah. One. Oh, the closing round. Yeah. So it's time for you to share your most important takeaways with us. 
All oh, right, the most important mm. takeaways. Well, we've yeah. discussed a lot. Um, <laughs> what would be the most important one of these? I think having the data available now uh, after this big migration on the cloud really has enabled us to uh, make better uh, decisions. It, it really has created more insight and more opportunity to actually ask the questions and then get it supported and get the backing from data so we make the right decisions. And that will really help uh, bold.com uh, forward. Yeah, I would say we haven't really discussed it, but I think if you're thinking about moving to the clouds and getting all your data there, make sure it's a shared collaboration between IT and business. Because what we did is we, we took it up as a, as a mutual project and that really works. So we are also able to you have to have a strong supporter for the business stakeholders, but also for IT. And then you can yeah, create really joint effort and really make use of it. Because I'm, I'm, uh, I think that if we have, if it was completely an IT project, the usage of BigQuery wasn't not nearly as much as we have now. So I think we have really created it uh, to make it a mutual success. Okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks Anna and Arthur for sharing your stories uh, with us. Yeah, I think it welcome. was... Uh, yeah, really, uh, uh, yeah, it gave you a first insight, I would say, in, in our data platform, our, our way of being data-driven and, and the way we became more data-driven uh, as Pulpit.com. Um, a lot of questions left as well, I think. So maybe in the next episode, we can spend more time on it. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was we fun. Did, uh, I always like talking about this, uh, so take, like it's yeah. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I hope you, uh, you're willing to come by another time. For sure. sure. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like this episode, check some of the others and subscribe to our feed. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for Tech Lab and subscribe. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun.